The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ivan in for, for Pat all this week. He will be back next week. Well, I hope he's back next week. Um, now, I want to introduce you to a guy who I have been very impressed with. A lot of people say to me, Ivan, what have you done since you left full-time broadcasting in 2020? Uh, and, and what I actually mostly do is chair conferences, facilitate them. And I've done a lot in the health technology transformation area. And one of the most stunning guests that I've seen make presentations is a guy called Martin Curley. And he is now Professor of Innovation and Director of the Digital Health Ecosystem in Maynooth University. But he was, for about four or five years, Digital Transformation Director in the HSE, a position he left in January of this year, and he now joins me in studio. First of all, Martin, for those who are not familiar with you, before you ever worked for the HSE, what have you done over your career? Great, Ivan. It's uh, it's lovely to be here. So I'm an electronic engineer and I spent about 30 years in the tech industry, much of it at Intel. I was vice president at Intel and ran our European labs and ran global IT innovation. I was also a senior VP at MasterCard working on global digital consulting practice and also worked with Philips and General Electric. But five years ago, I went into the HSE with the idea that we could use digital uh, technology to transform the health service. And by the way, I did work for seven years. Uh, I chaired an EU advisory group and out of that came an important book, I think, called Open Innovation 2.0. This is a book about how do you drive a structural change in an industry using digital technology. And I'd hope to apply that um, in the HSE. And what I would say, I think we have, there's enormous opportunity. Um, but globally, if you, if you just think about over the last couple of hundred years, we've made remarkable progress as a global society. Life expectancy has more than doubled. 200 years ago, you and I could have expected to live less than 30 years now God willing, we're into 82 years with kids that are being born today can reasonably expect to live to be 100. Okay. But there is a global crisis. OK, well, my, my background <laughs> in politics was sort of getting value for money and accountability to the taxpayer. And, you know, total t- state expenditure this year is 86 billion. But if you look at any point now, five years ago, 10 years, the percentage which health takes of total expenditure is going up and up and up. We have an ageing population means people in their 80s are going to require more care. Health spending is out of control and and it's going to get worse. And simultaneously, we have huge waiting lists. Please tell me how digital transformation can both save money and get better outcomes for patients. It's very stark. So health spending is out of control. And just to put Ireland in perspective, we're the canary in the coal mine for the global health system. So Western health systems are going to break down, but Ireland actually is an extraordinary bad poster child. So we are spending actually, and you know, there can be a little bit of trickery here. If you consider GDP, we're actually below the EU and OECD average, but that's uh, unrealistic for Ireland since our GDP per capita is so high. Better measure is GNI, and we're running about two percentage points above the OECD average. But if you look at the performance, we're number 80 in the world. So by any objective measure, you were possibly the worst performing health system um, in the Northern Hemisphere. Now, we have great clinicians. We have really passionate, because some of the brightest and the finest people I've worked with are in the HSE, but we cannot continue with what we're doing. So there's at least five what we call Copernican shifts that need to happen. The first is we need to shift from illness to wellness. In Ireland and Europe, we're spending 97% of our budget 
on illness. So we're, we're choosing to give care in the most expensive place in acute hospital at the last possible moment when people really need the care. Small percentage points to just focus on wellness, and many of us are born well, and the technologies are here that will actually help keep us well. So the second shift is from doctors know best to patients know best. So we, so we actually need a new social contract where we actually empower people. We give them the information to manage their own health, and they can actually do it better. Most people see a consultant, somebody who has a chronic disease, once or twice a year. But any person that has a disease is actually living with it, and they know better than the doctor. So we need self-care, shared care. Another really important shift, and again, Ireland has the highest acute occupancy in Europe. So our hospitals are the fullest. They're the most dangerous because you cannot run. You can't fly a plane at 103% capacity. But we now have the technology where people can have better vital signs monitoring in their home than in a hospital. And vital signs, Ivan, are stuff like blood pressure and respiration rate and things we need to look at to see are we doing better or worse. There's another important shift is moving from serial to parallel. Healthcare is one of the few industries in the world where we've actually seen negative productivity. Um, but the use of digital technology, one nurse can now manage 100 patients rather than one patient. And companies like CEO or Care Connect, which is a joint venture between Centric Health and uh, Irish Life Health, uh, nurses are monitoring 100 patients. Okay. Uh, but the failure, the heart, like for in just this particular example, heart failure admissions are reduced by a factor of 10. So, and nurses are working nine to five rather than eight to eight. So the win-win, when we deploy digital technology into clinical settings, better outcomes, better for the patient, better for the clinicians, and way lower cost. Okay. Well, so, so what I really want to do is get the idiot's guide to this technology because I'm aware of one company, the technology is the appointment. So say you're getting the flu jab or a vaccine system and you get it in your local pharmacist. The patient keys in all the information. They book it for 2.30 next Tuesday and then they have to cancel. So the, automatically the next person comes up so you don't have no one. It's less staff in the pharmacy and it's better for the patient. Uh, taking all paper out electronic health records so that you might get a USB stick or whatever. So if you're in any part of the world, all your previous medical history will come up. What I want you to do is when you talk about wellness, you know, it sounds like a slogan, but are you really talking about apps that allow you to check your blood pressure yourself? When you talk about stuff in the community, just explain what it looks like on a cold Monday. Well, let me give you a real example how Ireland actually had the potential to deliver a world-leading wellness service for our citizens, and this was blocked by, you know, certain elements in the HSE. So one of my colleagues, John Shaw, he talks about people will look back and, and say, what were people thinking? We know more about cars than we do about our own health. So we, we set up a program where you could go to your pharmacy and you could get an annual MOT in 15 minutes. You could get a health check that looks at your bloods. It looks at HP1AC, which will tell you about whether you have diabetes. It'll look at your you know, peak flow. It'll actually even do an AFib test. At what age would you be recommending this? Well, Because usually people over 50 start thinking, like I get an annual checkup, I'm 63 now. But I wouldn't have done it in my 30s or 40s. Yeah, but uh, you know, sadly, there are people today at 40 that are having heart attacks. And there are people that have early onsets of, um, for example, Parkinson's and 
We now have what a company called Head Diagnostics. There's a three-second neurology test we'll detect using something called ocular microtremor. It's a technology that was developed in St. James's in 2000. But the point is, you could go, I, you know, maybe it's 40, maybe it's three, but you can do all of this in 15 minutes at a pharmacy for the price of a PCR test and leave with personal electronic health record and potentially leave with a Fitbit or an Apple device or a Huawei device. We actually can do this. We can actually shift, you know. The, the so other. that would mean that I might cut down, if, if my cholesterol was high, I might cut down on certain things. It wouldn't necessarily mean I need statins or does is it sugar levels? Just give me some well, examples of all, the type of thing you get from that all, data. All, all of this, and, and this is a company called Full Health Medical, is at the core of this. Well, we call it for Ocean's Eleven. We had 11 companies collaborating, you know, Care Plus Pharmacies and Roche and Google and AWS. Uh, but you could, what we found, um, our Full Health Medical have found one in five people actually have a chronic risk factor that needs to be addressed. That could be a high, you know, blood glucose level. It could be potentially AFib. It could be a neurological condition. It could be a respiratory condition. And then you actually get put onto a pathway to actually deal with that. And the costs are 10x or 100x cheaper. If you think about diabetes, you know, third or fourth most common chronic disease, if that's not managed, you know, down the line, you're looking at amputations, you're looking at limb amputations. And for the patient, the quality of life is, you know, it's okay. really difficult. So, so, so for diagnostics the, and screening systems, I, 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 I get that. For electronic health records. So you, you it, so between hospitals, between community settings, the GP practice, what is the perfect, most uh, cost efficient method of electronic health records? So we have the opportunity to create the world's leading electronic health record system that is patient centric. And, you know, on my phone, I have an electronic health record, which I control when I go to a hospital or when I go to my GP, I can give access uh, to, to that. And there are ridiculous amounts of money. Unfortunately, Ireland is the third lowest electronic health maturity in the OECD country. So more than 90 percent of our hospitals don't have electronic health records. And there's ridiculous sums, 1.2 billion talked about, you know, putting electronic health records. But we can completely reimagine and re-architect electronic health records. And that's what we propose to do, and which what we were doing, you go to your pharmacy, you get your health check, and you leave with your personal electronic okay. health record. Let's talk about hospitals, right? What can be done to make hospitals more efficient? Like one of the obvious things is you have all this equipment and kit from X-ray to CAT scans to di- diagnostics. To make them work seven days a week seems to me a bit of a no-brainer. What, what are the innovations you'd like to see within a hospital setting? Well, I think Bernard Glosser has come in and I think there's hope there. And I think the combination of Breda Smith, Robert Watt and Bernard Glosser, that potentially is a team that could take us to the to the next level. But I would say, actually, we need to keep people out of hospital. Like we are the fullest hospitals. We now have the technology to keep people at home. And if you look back to Victorian England, like actually, what technology? Like if I get a heart attack, <laughs> I don't want to be at home. I want to be cured. If I'm in a road traffic accident so, and I'm bleeding, you know what I mean? I want so to go. That's called a rule of rescue. And we will always need hospitals. And, you know, when there's an acute situation, you need to go to hospital. Let me give you a fabulous example. Annette Doherty or Antoinette Doherty. She's a nurse in Donegal. She's currently in Montreal at the International Nurses Congress. And she's showcasing a solution where we worked with 10 patients in Donegal that have severe COPD. 
Uh, that's that's a very common respiratory disease. Ireland actually has the highest rate of COPD um, admissions in Europe, despite having almost the cleanest air, the youngest population. But these patients are hospitalized about once a month for about 10 to 14 days. You know, 10, 14 grand is the cost. But she's monitoring their respiratory technology, their respiration rate at night at home. And we can detect if somebody has an exacerbation and a rescue script is activated. In six months, we haven't had a single hospitalization um, in Donegal. And Antoinette is in, in Montreal, you know, telling the world about this. But can she get a hearing in the HSE to actually get this broadly adopted? We had the worst respiratory crisis last winter, worse than COVID. This technology was available and, and not adopted. So what we need to do is actually take these winning technologies, like the sum cost of this um, intervention was about 900 euros for drugs, Whereas the hospitalization probably would have cost about 200,000, would have had full hospitals. And this is the example what we talk about is the quadruple aim with digital. You can get four benefits, better outcomes, lower cost, better patient and clinician experience and better patient and clinician quality of life. OK, post-COVID, we have chronic, you know, a lot of elective surgeries were, were cancelled. Over 70,000 people waiting for, in not outpatient, but inpatient hospital treatments. In other words, it's been diagnosed that they have to go to hospital, they have to get the surgery, they have to get the treatment. Uh, what can be done there? Well, healthcare is about a decade behind in digitalizing, but it's about 20 years behind in operations management and quality management. So many sort of services within sort of hospitals are running at 60, 70 percent capacity. Manufacturing, high volume manufacturing has fixed this 30, 40 years ago. So we just need to actually manage these processes and use processes like Lean and Six Sigma. I was down with Darren Taylor in Waterford uh, a few few weeks ago talking to about 550 Lean practitioners. I talked about the problems and people in the audience were getting really emotional because they actually know how to fix this. This is a science. And if we could mobilize these techniques on these processes, then, you know, MedModus is a company, small Irish company, that actually do visualization and then do, they actually codify culture change and process improvement change. They're in nine hospitals and these kind of technologies need to be, okay. you know, so, move forward. So you're in, you're in the job where you're head of digital transformation and, and you quit. I mean, like, you know, um, why insofar as that, you know, is that more cursing the dark than shining a light? No, well, well actually the... My motivation moving into health is actually I think I know how to fix the health system and not just me, other people as well. We have, you know, an initiative aligned with the United Nations. So there was a couple of reasons why I left. The first was because the academic literature, we're moving now to, you know, what we call open collaborative ecosystems. And these are, I've been writing about these for about 10 years. So is Eric Van Hippel at MIT. And recently, some Italian scholars said this is a fundamental mutation in the business competitive landscape where people collaborate together towards a shared vision and they come with shared values and they're able to deliver shared value. And the results are exponential. Last week was the anniversary of the sixth visit or, you know, six six years ago, the visit of JFK. JFK. And he had the moonshot. And this is all about creating a moonshot. And the moonshot I'm bringing to the table, and I spoke about last week, is Ireland leapfrogging from number 80 in the world 
to the top ten. Yeah, but you're not answering my question. Am I answering what was <laughs> what was so obnoxious about the culture and the e, the HSE that you gave up on reforming it from within? Well, the first thing, the positive is I decided actually, and the literature says it's better to do it from the outside. But it was both professionally and personally untenable to stay in the HSE. Um, What's the problem? Is it just too bureaucratic? <laughs> Like it's a huge, it's 130,000 people and then, you know, you have uh, uh, voluntary hospitals which are really public hospitals and, and so on. I mean, you have all the clinicians, you have all the vested interests, you, you know, I mean, like it's not easy. Right? Like I've spoken to lots of bosses of the HSC, yeah. Paul Reed, and, and going backwards over the years, it's not an easy job. And I, I would say yes, uh, healthcare is really hard. But I worked in semiconductor manufacturing. It's probably 10 times or 100 times more complex. And 30 years ago, we were having, you know, we were misprocessing wafers. We fixed that in six months through software. Today, we have 3 million medication errors uh, per year, one medication error per day per patient. But we have entrepreneurs. We have just the most amazing, vibrant community. AD Stack, she's the CEO of Stack Pharmacies, North Dublin, Company, but she's developed software. She's put it into the Royal Hospital in Donnybrook with Connor Leonard as CEO, and they've actually almost eliminated medication errors. They've eliminated transcribing. That'd be wrong prescribing. Would it be wrong prescribing? And you know, very often you come to a GP, nobody has a clue what medication you're on. And a lot of time is spent figuring out well, what is Ivan Yates on? And if we have this personal electronic health record, which we can give to everybody in the country for, with the price of a couple of coffee, cups of coffee per year. Your medication record is there. And the problem is, Ivan, clinicians are making um, decisions with imperfect information. Um, and, you know, some estimate 70%. So is, if, if you were for six months, Steve, <laughs> Stephen Donnelly, Mr. Felt, what would you do? What would be your number one priority? Well, I could make a joke there. But what I would do is this Copernican shift. I would good. Ireland is the one country in Europe that hasn't committed to give everybody a personal electronic health record by 2030. I would say, let's give everybody in Ireland a personal electronic health record and a health check at the pharmacies and move to a pharmacy first model. You know, the pharmacies, 79 million visits a year. I think GPs, 90 million. And they're, they're only like <laughs> and they, they the way GPs are going, they're becoming quite inaccessible in the UK and so on. And in rural Ireland, where there aren't, there's loads of pharmacies and they're there and they're in your high street. And they're absolutely crying out and young pharmacists are leaving because they're not motivating. This is an opportunity to let young pharmacists operate at the top of a license. So I would give everybody... Um, a personal electronic, I would give them a health check in the pharmacy. I would give them a Fitbit. Singapore actually pays its citizens to stay well. And I would actually even consider that, that we give an incentive to Irish citizens to keep their weight down. I have a text here from me. Uh, I have two things that will kill these innovations, unions and culture. Staff may be great, but resist change too much, as it's always what's in it for me. That's why change happened quickly for COVID. Self-preservation helped move the dial. Is that true or is that fair? Uh, no, it is fair, but I have found the unions actually open to change and they realize actually there is going to be a change of roles here but what i found it is the management culture um and you know if i think about the hsc and i think about the culture two words come to mind fear and failure everybody is afraid of doing anything and we've just had a litany of it and again just say we've great clinicians very passionate and we have some really good hospital managers but it all comes down to leadership and there's just been 
um, an abject lack of leadership. We've had a catastrophic failure in strategy. We're the second highest spender in the world and we're the worst healthcare system okay. um, in, in, in the Northern Hemisphere. A lot to do. Martin Curley, uh, I want to thank you for giving our listeners the opportunity to see the potential benefits of digital transformation. Uh, we look forward to uh, this being adopted. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.